Welcome, my friends, and once again I bring you greetings from the Center Church of Christ, meeting in the building located at 110 Hurst Street in Center, Texas. We do continue to appreciate the comments we receive on our visits from those of you who are listening to these lessons, and we would prayerfully ask that you encourage your friends to also visit with us and study with us through these lessons. What we want to do right now is what we always do. We want you to stop checking your Facebook page. Ignore those incoming text messages for a few minutes. Forget about those emails and take just a few moments out of your busy schedule. And let's visit together about the things of God and His Son, Jesus Christ. In our visits these past few weeks, we've been talking about the storms that life brings upon us and getting through those storms. In our last visit, we talked about the storm of discouragement, how all of us are sometimes discouraged and down in the dumps. I hope you found some of the thoughts we shared to be helpful. In our visit this week, we want to consider something else that we all struggle with, and that's a first cousin of discouragement, discontent. Have you ever noticed how it seems we're never satisfied? The poet put it this way, As a rule, man's a fool. When it's hot, he wants it cool. And when it's cool, he wants it hot, always wanting what is not. I read one time about a man who said, You know, I absolutely hate the ice cream man. He takes a nice, content moment and turns it into cravings for something my children don't need and can't afford and turns contentment into discontentment. When you think about it, my friends, there are an awful lot of ice cream trucks out there. They don't all go around with music coming out of their speakers, but they can make us feel discontent no matter what we have. You know, for sale signs in front of houses we can't quite afford. Want ads for cars that are nicer and newer than the ones we're driving. Going to someone else's house and they have nicer furniture. No matter how much we accumulate, it seems we never have enough. The more we have, the more we want. It's a phenomenon called the Barbie doll law. Accessories once considered optional become mandatory, creating needs and wants we never thought of before. More often than not, we come to the end of every endeavor and every acquisition vaguely discontented and unhappy. In the Bible, we find a letter written by the Apostle Paul. He wrote it to the church in Philippi, a church that had a very special place in his heart. This letter's actually been called his love letter to the congregation there. And here's what he wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. This letter was written so Paul could thank the brethren in Philippi because they had sent an offering to him. 
but he wanted to do more than just thank them for their gift. He wanted to tell them something of his philosophy of life, and he also wanted them to know how it had come about. I want you to think about the man that wrote those words. This is not some young man stepping into a new career. It's not someone with a seven-figure income. It's not a man that's worked and accumulated wealth. This is a 60-plus-year-old Jew chained to a Roman guard under house arrest. He's a man who has no idea what tomorrow might bring. He might be killed, he might be brought to court, or he might be set free. Yet though he is without the comforts of home and the privileges of privacy, Paul is happy. Though Paul doesn't have a, few, have a clue about his future, he's content. You see, my friends, Paul was a great man before he became a Christian. He possessed many rich gifts of personality, and he brought those gifts into the service of Jesus Christ. The secret of Paul's happiness was he had learned to be contented in whatever condition he might be in. Consider some of his experiences after he met Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 12, we read of his thorn in the flesh. We also read in 2 Corinthians 12 that he takes pleasure in reproaches and that when he is weak, he's strong. Now notice 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 22 through 28. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft of the Jews. Five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I have suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. You see, the man who endured all those things is the man who wrote, I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Paul's life was forever changed when he met Jesus. For Paul to claim contentment is a remarkable claim. The secret of his contentment transforms every obstacle. It makes no difference what came into Paul's life. He never lost his serenity. The basic meaning for content in the passage is self-sufficiency. The individual who possesses this attribute is strong enough or possesses enough to make aid or support unnecessary. This individual is independent of external circumstances. As Paul uses it, it implies a condition where he is, he is appeased to the point 
where he's not disturbed by a desire for something he does not have, no matter how much he might need or desire to have. The advertising agencies on Madison Avenue have no effect on this person. Contentment is peculiar to this life, and it has two basic elements. It's a realization, my friends, that nothing of an earthly nature either lasts or satisfies. It's also having confidence in the wise and loving providence of the God of heaven. He has a plan for every life. If we're willing to do our part, there's nothing to fear. When we think of Paul's contentment, what did the secret of his contentment involve? He was not merely passive, nor was he a fatalist. He did not sit idly by when the cause of Christ was at stake. He did not become satisfied with himself. He did not become self-satisfied. Paul had learned to live in prosperity. To abound literally meant to be furnished with an abundance. Learning to live that way is not an easy feat. Usually the more an individual has, the more they want, and wanting more they become discontented. And yet, Paul had also learned to live humbly. That's the primary meaning of the word abased. Philip's translation puts the passage this way. He has learned the secret of eating well or going hungry, of facing either plenty or poverty. He has learned the secret of going without his youth. He knew how to grow old gracefully. He learned the secret of going without his health. He tells us of his thorn in the flesh. He's learned the secret of going without his freedom. He's learned the secret of going without the approval of men. How did Paul come to learn the secret of contentment? It did not come from seeking contentment as an end. We can no more do this than we can find sleep and happiness by going in search of them. Did you ever go to bed early? Extra early. Because you had to get up earlier than usual and you knew you needed to go to sleep quickly. What usually happens when you do that and you... Tell yourself, I've got to go to sleep in a hurry. You lay there, you toss, you turn, you turn, you toss, and you don't go to sleep. My friends, contentment is a byproduct. It comes to an individual who gives himself or herself to a worthwhile cause. Those who are seeking higher values will sooner or later find contentment. Paul found contentment because he found religious certainty in Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, Paul tells Timothy he knows whom he has believed. That same contentment that Paul had can be ours. It involves giving our lives to Jesus Christ. It involves making Jesus the Lord and Master of our lives. If Jesus is not the Master of all of your life, then Jesus is not master at all in your life. You can make Jesus the master of your life by coming to Him in simple trusting faith, repenting of everything that's sin in your life, confessing His name before men and being buried in the waters of baptism for the remission of past sins. That, my friends, is the simple process that makes you a Christian. Nothing more than a Christian, nothing less than a Christian, 
and nothing else but a simple New Testament Christian doing things just the way they did them on Pentecost, just the way the eunuch did in Acts chapter 8, and just like that jailer in Philippi did. If we can assist you in your obedience to Jesus Christ, we'd love for you to give us the opportunity to do that. We do sincerely hope you're enjoying the opportunity for us to visit together about the things of God and about His Son, Jesus Christ. We would invite you to come and worship with us at the Center Church of Christ this coming Lord's Day. We love you. The Lord who died for you loves you. And we want you to go to heaven. Our time is gone. So until next time, may the Lord richly bless and keep you, is our prayer in Jesus' name.